Welcome back, everybody, to Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. Great, great, great show. Great show. Yes, I'm Eddie, and uh, the anonymous voice that you just heard was Jacob. Uh, I prefer Jake because I like to be assertive and dominating. Uh, That's my personality. Speaking of personalities, oh my God, what a crazy lead-in That was like an awful transition. <laughs> you sure? That was top 10 greatest transitions of all time for me. It was very forced. No, it you wasn't. Could, that was natural. Tell. That was 100% natural. Our our topic today is personalities, okay? And as we can see, Eddie's is just a giant asshole. That's Eddie's personality. Indeed. And uh, Jacob is the one who likes to take it in the asshole. <laughs> okay. That's definitely not my personality. <laughs> Regardless. So... First off, how are you basing our per, uh, our personalities in this podcast today? So it's going to be Jungian psychology. I don't like to use the the uh, phrase MBTI, which is Meyer Briggs, uh, because there's a lot of misinformation in Myers Briggs, but they kind of cross over into the same thing. It's same thing. It's yeah, because I remember like taking the Miles Briggs personality test for like AP Psychology, and it gave us those funky numbers and letters and all that. So what is what is your um, info that you have based off of? My personality type is INTP. Right. Yeah. And then yours is ENTJ. Right, right. But what what is like like in the in the broader scheme of things, what is that? You know? Like what do you what what are you basing that information off of? Like what I don't even know what that is. Like how do they come up with this system? Well, it's mostly based off of cognitive functions, which is kind of hard to get into okay but, i mean we can we can try if you want to out of all the different personality sheets tests works whatever what have you mm-hmm. how how is this one like why how come you go through this one like this type of personality the reason why i go through this one is because there's a specific uh theory with Jungian psychology where you have four sides to the mind so that's going to be your ego subconscious unconscious and super ego and when you break it down into those four sides of your mind it explains a lot and each side of your mind has its own different personality type which you can see so i think that's interesting and like this is all psychology where you can learn it go out talk to somebody and actually see it you can apply it yeah, you can apply it. That's and, dope. And you get results right away. It's not like learning uh, psychology, like general overarching psychology, where you learn about like dopamine, serotonin, you know, like uh, the how, nitpicky shit. Yeah. Like, like I, I would, I'd rather, I hope, when I took AP Psych, I was hoping it was going to be like breaking down the mind and how the mind works. And technically, we did that, like all the chemicals mm-hmm. in the brain. I didn't want to learn about like what makes me like what chemical makes me happy. I knew when I eat food, I'm fucking happy. Like that's pretty self-explanatory. I want to know like I want to break people down like psychologically. Yeah. And I, we just never got to do that. So how many different types of personalities are there in this? In this 16, just like Myers-Briggs. Okay. 16 different personalities. And is there a range for, you know, like... What do you mean by range? Okay, so like, is there, can you be, so 16 personality types, Yeah. are there combinations of those 16 personality types, or is there just 16 personality types? You know what I'm saying? Well, 
it's interesting that you say that because like you only have the 16 personality types but because each of your each side of your mind is its own personality type then you have variation within that as well okay okay but you know if let's say you're INTP for example mm-hmm. then you always have an ENTJ unconscious so like if if and the one that we talk about mostly is the ego so when i say i'm INTP that means i'm my ego is INTP okay okay now so, you you did this to me but what are the like how do you decide cuz you can do it off the like most people go on the fucking internet look it up and like oh, like, oh i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm really um self-conscious cuz i'm a ENTDPEL mm-hmm. and i'm like shut up like you took a five minute survey online. What are the questions? Because you can do it in your head. You've done it to me. Yeah. What are the questions you ask people? And give me the options. Okay. So the questions that I ask are based off of cognitive functions. Okay. So the first one that I usually ask is going to be Are you initiating or responding in conversations? That one's pretty self-explanatory. Initiating is like, are you the dominant one or are you the submissive one? Like, do you start conversations or do you like, you know, kind of wait for someone to come and approach you? It's pretty straightforward. Okay. And um, uh, some people, they ask, oh, is that for strangers or friends? Mostly for friends. Okay. Um, Like, pretty much, even if you're an extrovert, Normally, you don't even go up to strangers. Yeah, no one does that. I'm not going up to convenient score, convenient store guy and being like, "What's up? Like, how was your family?" Look at his name tag. <laughs> hey, Bob, how you doing? <laughs> Dab him up a bit, you know. Uh, okay, what's the next one? The next one is if they are direct or informative. Ooh. Okay, so let me try and break it down. Correct me if I'm wrong. So direct or informative. Direct would be, you are like, okay, let's say you dress like, oh, God, I hate your hat today. I just hate it. Your Mm. stupid little fucking gray hat looks so dumb on you. I hate you. I hate you so much. Would that be direct? I mean. Because I'm not beating around the bush. Direct would be, okay, I hate your stupid hat. Versus informative would be like, you know, that hat doesn't look too good on you. I just have to admit it. Mm. I mean, that's one example, but that's an extreme example. Okay. Most people aren't at the extreme ends. Right. There's there's a lot of in-between there. Of course, with yeah. all these, I feel like there's a lot of in-between. Yeah, of course. Um, some people, uh, whenever I ask them these questions, they're like, mm, it depends. It's like, shut up. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Like, be honest. Like, if your friend came out, uh, like, dressed up on the night of town, would you tell them, like, if they're wearing, like, hot pink on... I don't know what's it yellow and it's just the ugliest combination color I could think of. And you just look at them. Are you going to say you look fucking stupid? Are you going to be like, that's an interesting outfit. Like, don't be a pussy. Just tell them. Yeah. Just tell them. Um, well I'm informative. You're direct. So there's that. But, uh, a, a better way of, so, I mean, there's a couple of ways, which I'll tell you. So, direct people um they're more likely to just answer the question informative people 
they answer the question and then add more stuff on that most likely you didn't even ask about. Oh, sounds horrible. Sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) That just sounds like the worst. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's the next question? Uh, Whether they like control or change in their life. That's self-explanatory. Yeah. I like control. You and I both like control. I feel like change is dumb. I hate change. Like, yeah. why would you? I, okay, maybe I get change if, like, you're trying to, I don't know, if you get bored easily. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a thing. Like, you get so bored of, like, the day to day routine. You're like, I got to fly to China. <laughs> it's like, I got to go. I got to go to South Korea. I got to go to France for a week. I'm done. South Korea, better yet, North Korea. Oh, no. Really you, switching things up. Yeah. Won't be coming back. <laughs> uh, what's the next one? Okay. So, I have this chart in my head. I can't really describe it. Okay. But it's kind of like a multiplication table. Yeah. Okay. So, on the right side are the questions that I just asked. And depending on what you answer, those are the rows that you get put in. Okay. Okay. So, then now we're going on to uh, the bottom to figure out which column you're in. Those are the questions that I'll ask. So... The first one is usually, do you think about what if or what is? Okay. Also, this is fucking insane because you don't have a cheat sheet, a note, a phone on anything on you. Like you memorize this stuff. Yeah. Which is insane. Of course, he has to look to see what the column matches up with. But these questions and what he knows, he learned on his own. He gets, okay, hate to get off top. We're going to come back. Just two minutes of off-topicness. Okay, ready? Oh, okay. He, you get in these fucking phases that so impress me that I could never do. I could never do what you do. You sit in a room or like a darkness and you just learn for hours, mm-hmm. hours on end. And I get, I would get bored. But like you took something like personalities, right? And you just learned every corner, every section, every like microscopic little part of personalities and you applied it to everybody. And that's insane. That is really cool. That's that's usually what I like to do. And also, with these uh, personality types, you, you know, before I said that you can see it. And my personality type, INTP, when you look at it on paper, I am, like, classically an INTP. Right. And you are classically an ENTJ. Like, it's... And... A, a lot of what I do and a lot of why we're compatible friends is in that explanation. Sexually, of course. Yes. Well, <laughs> we actually would be. If, what? Yes. If you were... I mean, fe- we if, are, baby. Yes. We're yes. touching hands right now. And just only only sure. the tips, though. Only <laughs> the, the tips. tips. <laughs> okay. Back on topic. What was the next question? What is versus what if? Yes. That's... That's explanatory. Well, actually, I feel like people be like, I feel like people say they understand that, but then they don't really understand that. Yeah, I asked somebody. I I actually mistyped two people so far because they didn't understand this question. Well, they understood it, but they answered incorrectly. They what? answered. Did they? Did they answer what they wanted to hear? What they wanted to believe? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I feel like a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like. For instance, one girl that I asked, um, she she told me what if, but then I really looked at her 
and I saw that she, the, the only thing that she really did was talk about stories, just like story after story after story, and that's what is. Yeah. And I feel like the reason why she said what if was either to like make her sound smart or because she worries about her future, which is in her personality. Or she just didn't fucking know and guessed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Just didn't want to think about it. Next question. Okay. Next question is whether you do what works or what's right. And this one's easy for me. Mm-hmm. What works? One hundred percent. What works? Me as well. What I works? if I don't like, let's say I knew like big Tabasco was like gonna boom in the next three days in, in the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. But like some people would be like morally speaking would be like that's not okay. We should promote big tobacco. Like it leads to cancer. Like mm-hmm. bitch, not my problem. I ain't smoking that shit. You know what I'm gonna be smoking? The fat racks when i fucking make millions off the stock that's what i'd be concerned about roll up hundreds and just light it up exactly that's what i'd be concerned about but like yeah people like that just i don't know yeah uh, i mean it i definitely am an ethical person to some extent but like also involves money i'm other side baby yeah (laughs) i've in, in a, it would have to be really high pressure. Like, it would have to be something really bad to be, like, what's right. You do worry about feeling like a bad person. I do. I do feel like. I, I do worry about giving people bad experiences and feeling like a bad person. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, like, sometimes I'll do what's right just to have them a good experience. But if they don't get hurt, what doesn't what they don't know can't hurt them. <laughs> Straight up. That, that's that's 100% legit. Mm-hmm. Which, th- although that mind set can kind of lead to lying <laughs> well <laughs> i'm not a liar i've never <laughs> lied in my life never never Mm-mm. next question <laughs> uh, are you systematic or interest-based meaning do you have a certain way of doing things or do you just do whatever you feel like definitely interest-based you? No, I'm kidding. I'm systematic. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, get up. What? I get up every morning. I shower. I need to shower in the morning. If I don't shower in the morning, I feel like a homeless man. Hmm. Uh, I go upstairs, two eggs over easy with butter and toast. Same pan, same two spatulas. I rotate every other day. I make them put it on the plate. Ten minutes of free time for school, mm-hmm. or like I'll, or like workout days. I'll get to the school at six thirty. I have to. If I'm not at the school at 6.30, I lose my shit. I'm so mad at myself because <laughs> I have to I have to get up at 5.30, have to be at the school at 6.30, and then yeah. there until just about 15 minutes before school starts. Then I'll go wash up and then go to class. Yeah, you like plan out I your plan day. It, yeah. Hmm. I even know kind of like when I wake up in the morning, I know what clothes I'm wearing because I'm like, it's that kind of day. I'm wearing yeah. that. I, I'm systematic. I lay my clothes out. Before I even go to bed, so You're when I see, when I wake up, I just grab them, shower. That makes sense. Is it? Is there another question? Nope, that's all six. Okay. So, what's what are some crazy personalities, like just balls to the walls? I mean, all of them are kind of uh, are kind of common. Like obviously, you see all sixteen personality types, but. 
I think yours is kind of one of the craziest. Oh my God. My ego right now through the roof. And and can you just say it one time for the people at home and for the people in Frankfurt, shout out to Frankfurt, Germany for listening in on this podcast. Frankfurt, Germany. We got to listen. One person from Frankfurt. Uh, And one person from Belgium. Regardless, can you just say it one time for the people at home? What is the rarest personality? ENTJ. What am I? ENTJ. That's right. The rest of the world can suck my left nut. Okay, I'm better than all of you in every regard. That is it. That is all. Continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yours is not only the rarest personality type, it's also the most likely to become a millionaire. Um, oh, oh, God, I am just rock solid right now. My yes. <laughs> it's um, the second most productive. But it's Who's also- more productive than me? ESTJ. What are they like? Uh, that's your sister, remember? Oh, she's pretty productive. Yeah. All right, yeah. go. Okay. And so I'm the most likely to be a millionaire, my personality type? Yes. And you've, you've tried to type me like three times, and it's been the same every time. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, You know, just, just in case. But it, it also goes to show like how crazy it is because I don't usually type people um, before I get to know them, I usually type them afterwards and, um, there's compatibility, uh, and who's most compatible with which type. And you and I have the highest amount of compatibility. With yeah. We other. were friends before that. And mm-hmm. it's not like you're going around people and asking them what their personality type is and, yeah. and then finding out you're compatible and being friends with them. It's, it's, it, I, I see the accuracy in it because you're like, you go up to your best friend and you type them and you're like, oh, me and him are compatible. Yeah. Like, I'm like that, that makes sense. That checks out. And then you, you type someone like, you know, um, no last names, but Tyler. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you know, you like Tyler, but you don't love Tyler, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, um, you're like, yeah, we're not really compatible. I'm like, I see that. Yeah. I really do. Because mm-hmm. like, you don't, you just, you just don't, mess with tyler yeah occasionally occasionally but but like you know um and then there's some girl what's the most annoying personality type in your opinion the most annoying yeah oh geez probably estj okay what makes an estj so horrible they're so direct i mean like you're direct but you aren't like super direct Mm -hmm. like estj's they they take their directness and they're just that's all they do. This be like, super direct, super direct, super blunt. Um, sometimes, I mean, I don't I don't know. I've met an ESTJ who is really outgoing. Again, no last names, but Frank, for example, he is. Yeah, he's an ESTJ. That makes sense. Um, yeah, same personality type as your sister. But um, didn't you say you didn't meet any other ESTJs before? No, I did. My, uh, the uh, the owner of the marsh that I work at, he's an ESTJ. Oh, you said at school you haven't met any ESTJs. Yeah, and yeah. then you found Frank. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, he was super direct. Yeah, he was actually very hard to type because at first I thought he was informative. Well, he was he jokes around a lot. He's a big joker. Yeah, at first I thought he was informative. But then I realized over time that he was actually very direct, very controlling. He he liked to know and uh, like know everything. 
the way he yeah the way he commands the cross country team is like the natural team leader yeah even though he's like not necessarily the best one on the team Mm -hmm. the way he just carries himself as a confident man that makes sense to me and he's always got to know he's always got to know like when there's a conversation going on he's always Mm got to just he's got to find out so he'll peek his head and he'll ask he'll be like hey what's what's that about and then if he doesn't like it he'll leave but if he's interested he'll stay in the conversation exactly which i checks out Mm -hmm. who's what's the most common personality type in our school in our school that i found is Oddly enough, for men, it is Ben INTP, which is me, but that's not exactly the most common. Okay. And I don't know if that's just because of the friends that I make, but maybe. I mean, I I haven't gone around and typed everybody. Right, right. So these are just, you know, the people that I've found so that it would make sense that you would be talking to the other introverted people as an introvert mm-hmm. it'd be just more common yeah to strike up a conversation actually introverts surprisingly in america are a little bit more common than extroverts. i i see that you couldn't believe that but i absolutely would would have been i'm like yeah that makes sense that checks out hmm. I, I don't know i just kind of you wouldn't you wouldn't you would think you know you would think there would be more extroverts because extroverts are more extroverted. They talk. The yeah. introverts are probably sitting in their mom's basement, not doing anything right now. So I'd be like, you know, introverts are not there. You don't see them. Extroverts, so so many that talk to me. <laughs> introverts won't talk to me. They'll hide in the corner of the grocery store. That's true. And, uh, you know, introverted people are most compatible with extroverted people. Not all extroverted personality types, but most. Okay. Um, who is their personality type? Not being homophobic, I'm genuinely curious. That is most likely to be bisexual. Yes. Okay. Okay. We're treading on very thin ice here. <laughs> Continue. So it actually varies between genders. Okay. And it's almost perfectly... Uh, switched between genders so for men the most likely uh personality type uh to be like bisexual or just any uh piece of the lgbtq community hey hey, lgbtq plus oh don't get it twisted brother oh yeah represent (laughs) um (laughs) Not I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at he. He laughed first. He definitely laughed first. Okay, he smiled first. I did not. I did not laugh at LGBTQ plus. I I take that very seriously no, here. Not, I did not, not laugh. He I'm, laughed. He it's, laughed. It's he not laughed. that I'm laughing at them. It's just I'm laughing that I, that you said plus. <laughs> hey, you laughed. You laughed first. You laughed first. I'm Let's laughing because no, I'm laughing because he's laughing. Continue. <laughs> okay, so it's going to be uh, ESTJ. And also ENTJ, okay. which is kind of fun. This is for males? Uh, no, the, that's for females. Oh, okay. Wait, no, 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 no. Sorry. That's for That's, that's for, for males. males. Yeah. E- Wait. I'm an ENTJ. Yeah. Oh, no. I guess you're gay. Do you have any examples of famous ENTJs? Um, most people think that Steve Jobs is an ENTJ. I don't. Okay. I think he's an ENTP. But... um. Shoot. Who was us? Bill Gates? Yeah, I think Bill Gates was a... That's a crazy one. ENTJ. That's a crazy yeah. one. 
they're they're all just successful and really really rich <laughs> um ESTJs um the one that I can think of off of the top of my head is Rudy uh Rudy G I forget I can't pronounce his last name he was the former uh mayor of New York during 911 Oh okay yeah, yeah I know I, I know who you're talking about I say I, okay I need I, to stop saying okay I Good. read his book and um by reading uh somebody's book I can uh type them uh i can get their personality type because then i can just by the way that they type i know how to answer the questions for them okay and it makes sense that um he's an estj being like mayor of new york or former mayor of new york because estjs and entjs are the best at being managers leaders politicians uh yeah politicians Mm, okay i mean Liars, <laughs> corrupt, <laughs> horrible people, and then females most likely to be is my personality type INTP, huh. and um, that's mostly probably it's mostly uh, introverted intuitives uh, on the female side, and I think that's because they go against the social norms. Okay, for um for what a woman should be, you know, like in intuitive people, uh, here in America, at least, um, there's a lot more sensors than there is intuitive people. Um, I didn't even go into what the letters themselves mean. Right. So, so what are you as an INTP? mm -hmm. What does that stand for? Break it down. Introverted, intuitive thinking, perceiving. Okay, and then ENTJ, break it down. Extroverted, intuitive, thinking, judging. And so each letter is a dichotomy. It can be one of two things. So the first letter is either I or E. The second letter is either N or S. The third letter is either F or T. And then the fourth letter is either P or J. So... That's introverted or extroverted, uh, intuitive or sensing, thinking or feeling, and then perceiving or judging. Okay. That makes sense. That does make sense. Um, Do you think that like you could, are you good enough where you could just look at somebody and their actions and take a pretty good educated guess on what they would be? Yeah. Yeah. You're that good? Because... I've I've been typing so many people at this point that I have examples in my head. So if somebody is giving me the the vibes of somebody who I know who have already typed, I'm like, oh, they're acting like this person. You can just categorize and film in there. Yeah, and then I can like actually get down to the nitty gritty and think about these questions inside of my head and type them normally within like a ten minute conversation. Now now all ENTJs let's mm-hmm. say, are not the same. <coughs> you s- no. COVID. 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 He has no, COVID. I have a dry throat right now, and I don't oh. know where I put my water bottle. You lost your one thing? Yeah, the one thing that I brought over to the studio. I Yeah, the studio. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> Who are we fooling? 
<laughs> my mom's basement, the <laughs> studio. Woohoo. We literally have like the small table that we put the, <laughs> the microphone. Every on. week we take them down. Anyways, so not all ENTJs are the same though, right? No. They're they're and there's it, a drastic difference, actually. There's a drastic difference, and not only that, but there's a drastic difference between male and female. Really? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So you're going to act different if you're male, and you're going to act different be- if you're female. Okay. Based on your personality type. That's a lot right now to take in. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's small. Like, overarching, you do the same things. Like... These personality types, it's it's not necessarily like who you are as much as how your mind is structured. So it's a foundation and you can build off that foundation however you like. Exactly. But at the core, you're still that foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just knowing that you're an ENTJ, I know that you're inclined to feel like a bad person. I just know that. Okay, well, the heavy hitters continue. Yeah, yeah. I also know that you have a really crappy memory. Okay, well, we don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider it crappy. I just. I would. No. But no. You are much more likely to take notes. That's how you learn, is by taking. Is I, by. I hate taking notes. Oh, but it really helps you, it doesn't does. it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it does. Okay, you don't need to pander me like a small child. <laughs> but. I also know that you like giving people good experiences, so. That is what I, that's probably the most accurate out of everything. Yeah. It's giving people, I love, I'm like, like, oh God, how many times did I ask you? We we watched uh, Whiplash like Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Great movie. Yeah, amazing, phenomenal movie. (laughs) Great movie. How many times did I ask you in the beginning? Do you like this movie? How does how is this so far enjoyable? Because I put myself out there. I yeah. I said you got to come watch this movie, mm-hmm. Whiplash, goaded movie. I yeah. put myself out there, and I kept asking you. And I'm like, do you really like this movie? You're like, you know, I would enjoy the movie more if you stop fucking asking me every thirty seconds if I like this movie. Uh, also, when I sat next to you in Free Guy, it was my first time watching it in theaters. Your second time. Big mistake. Never go see another movie. You can't see the same movie twice. Yeah. But you're like, so, think this is a good movie? You're like, oh, you're really going to like this part coming up. I'm like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did that a lot. Yeah. But it, it shows how you're structured, but it doesn't show like your, your, uh, humor. It doesn't, well, I mean, are you calling you, me funny? You can make guesses. Are you calling me funny? Like INTJs. Don't ignore me. Are you calling me funny? No. You just you can't. I said you can't guess their humor. That's why. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I misheard. Continue. <laughs> you can't guess their humor. What kind of music they listen to? Uh, preferences. You can't really guess preferences because those are on an individual basis. But you can know how they're their mind is structured although there are some uh personality types who like dark humor more and some who like you know like INTJs uh aka Elon Musk um they're more inclined to like dark humor as well as INTPs makes sense i know do you do you now one of the more interesting things that 
you can do with personality types is know how they get mad. Yeah. Yeah. There, is there two ways that people get mad? Right? Or is there more than that? Well, whenever you get really mad, you go inside of your super ego, mm-hmm. which is a different side of your mind. And, so- and this gets scary accurate. This is when like because if you because you remember when you get mad, right? Like, you know, when you get mad, you you remember that memory more often than the happy ones, which is sad, but it's true. Yeah. Like you remember when you stubbed your toe or like versus what you had for breakfast last mm-hmm. yesterday morning. But when you have stuff like that, that's when you know your true self is when you get angry because you can't control your emotions. Mm-hmm. So this is where like your personality types get scary accurate. Like yeah. scary accurate. And it's it's interesting because I've I've learned more and more about this and it's made more and more sense as I've learned about it. Okay. So do you want me to go more inside of the four sides of the mind? Because that'll explain it a little sure. bit better. Break it down. Okay. So you're in your ego most of the time. That's whenever I say I'm an INTP, I'm talking about the ego. The ego is who you are. Um, there are some people who um, say that they've had an ego death. And what that is, is basically, like, you can't even really describe it. But people who have had ego deaths, it's really hard to describe. But it's kind of like detaching yourself from who you are and seeing yourself as what you truly are. I know, that's really weird. That's confusing. I know. So... I don't know how ego deaths work, but they're there. Okay. Apparently. So ego is your... Basically you. It's you. It's yeah. what makes you you. So when you wake up, how you react, how you talk to people, how you mm-hmm. handle situations. You're in it 90, 95% of the time. Okay. Next, and, there's, and there's four? Yeah, there's four so, sides of your mind. And you go into each one of those sides at one point or another? Yes. Okay. So ego is the big one. The mm-hmm. one you are all mostly in. Yes. Okay. Next, you have your subconscious. Okay. Uh, your subconscious, uh, whenever you go into your subconscious, it's mostly because you're happy. Your subconscious leads to your happiness. Okay. And um, the fourth uh, function, your inferior function, um, where your worries lie for you it's feeling like a bad person. You worry about being a bad person. Um, that is also going to lead into your subconscious. So whenever you feel like a good person, you get happy, and then you you make a cognitive transition into your subconscious. And then you act differently because you become an entirely different personality type when you're happy. You become something different when you're happy? Yes, as well as when you're in your unconscious and super ego. Okay. So what do you act like when you're happy? It depends on what personality type I didn't, you are. Okay, I didn't know this. Okay, let me process. I'm in my ego, right? Let's yep. say I'm playing basketball. So I really enjoy I'm having a great game. Okay. I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. What is that like? What do I go into? you specifically would go into ISFP. What is an ISFP? Introverted, sensing, feeling, perceiving. 
whenever you get happy. What? Yeah. I'm a whole new person when I'm happy. I knew you were a whole new person when you're sad, mm-hmm. but you're an entirely different person when you're happy too, yep. and we don't even realize it. No. I, I'm i an introvert when I'm happy. Is that when... Yeah. I, well, also, it can be kind of a gray area most of the time because what happens is that you don't make a full cognitive transition. So cognitive transition, that's just when you switch between your different sides of your mind. Like when you're, okay. So it takes a lot to be able to make a full cognitive transition uh, into your subconscious, at least. You'd have to take shrooms to do that. <laughs> but um, so uh, what's what's interesting is that you're in your ego and then you make probably like half a transition you you kind of like dip your toes into your subconscious so you get uh cognitive functions from both at the same time so you're kind of this gray area between ENTJ and ISFP so to go 100% you'd have to be on shrooms so when you are happy it's like a gray area yeah so but why is that why it's a lot of work to be able to make a well, it's a lot of work uh, specifically for the subconscious to be able to make a cognitive transition. For the other ones, it's easier to be in, um, which we'll talk about. But um, because your subconscious is actually uh, the hardest side of your mind to be in. That's why it's hard to be happy. And in fact, you can see this by how uh, let's say you have a birthday party. You had your birthday party this summer, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, went out with our whole group of friends. And for the whole day, we just had a really good time. Blast. Yeah. You were very tired after that day, weren't you? Extremely. Okay. That's because you made cognitive transitions into your subconscious. To be happy, mm-hmm. which is introverted. And because... It's the hardest to be in when you finally get back down into your ego. You're exhausted because you've been inside of your subconscious like almost all day. So then you become very tired when you finally get back to your ego and then you just want to sleep. So, okay. When I was having fun all day, right? Mm -hmm. And then I got home. Are you saying while I was having fun all day, I was more introverted than extroverted? It's a mix because, like I said, it's a gray area between mm-hmm. ENTJ and ISFP. But yeah, because that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, I was quiet. I just I had a good time just enjoying everyone else talking for once, mm-hmm. which is weird. Yeah. Okay, so we're 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 at two, right? We're at ego and then the unconscious, subconscious, subconscious. Sorry. Now we're going on to the unconscious. Okay. Okay, and so the unconscious. This is something that you see every day because you sleep not only that but your unconscious is where your responsibility lies um so your unconscious is my personality type intp that's what i am inside or like that's what's interesting about the unconscious and this is something that kind of blew my mind is that it's also called your shadow. And the reason why it's called your shadow is because it's the opposite of you. 
And what's interesting about the shadow, the reason why it's the opposite of you, is because it's everything that was repressed as a child growing up. So You're getting into some deep shit right now. I know, I know. So because yours is an introverted one, that means that when you were growing up as a kid, you were parented like, oh, be more outgoing, you know, don't stay indoors as much, you know, go out, uh, talk to your friends, you know, like be friendly, you know. Is that how you were parented? Yeah. Yeah. It was forced on me almost. It, it was basically like a necessity to be social. But I didn't always want to be. Mm-hmm. Is that weird or is that common? That's common. Like I like my parents would always be like go talk to the new that new kid next door and make some friends and I'd be like fuck you I want to play on my Nintendo DS and drink orange juice all day. <laughs> like that's what I wanted to do but yeah. I guess I'll go play basketball with the neighbor kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now for me I'm an INTP for my ego. My unconscious is your personality type, ENTJ. So because I have a extroverted shadow, that means that my parenting was don't be too loud. Stop running around the house so much. Um, you know, like that's exactly how I, was, how I was parented. You know, like it's more of a suppression of um, being assertive and outgoing. Yours was be be more like they wanted you to be assertive. They wanted you to be outgoing. When did so when do we go into this stage in our minds? When does this happen? You go into the unconscious. Well, one when you get tired and when you um especially when you are sleeping, obviously. <laughs> um and then two whenever you're acting out your responsibilities because your suppressed feelings they're not exactly your true self but they're what you want to be so for instance you you're extroverted but sometimes you feel like you don't want to talk as much sometimes you you feel like you just want to listen mm-hmm. especially when i'm talking to, I'm, when i'm talking to someone much smarter than me mm-hmm. my brain cognitively realizes that I sit back and I just take in information like yeah. like a sponge. Like I will literally, I will let them talk for 30 minutes straight. Mm-hmm. And, and so your unconscious is kind of like your ideal person to be. Your ego is who you are, but your unconscious, who you've been suppressed as, usually is who you want to be. Does that want to come out? So if I had an evil twin, mm-hmm. it would be my ego. Or no, your Un- unconscious. unconscious if i had an evil twin no, be if my... you had an evil twin that would be your super ego which is what we're going to talk about next oh, that was just a great transition i meant <laughs> to do that yeah of course exactly so See, when i get mad i go into my super ego yes it's kind of like a last resort okay and before i was talking about how each uh side of the mind there's a different level of uh there's a, there's a different level of variation of how easy it is to be in that side of your mind. Right. So the default you can kind of think of this as steps that you go up or down. The default step that you're on middle. You're in the middle of the stairway. Let's say yeah. that. You're in the middle of the stairway. No, no. Let's say you live on a two-story house and there's an upstairs and a downstairs 
and it's all one stairway and you're in your living room, which is the bottom floor. Okay. Okay. So you're in your living room. That's your ego. You chill out there for a while. That's the easiest, uh, not the easiest, but it's your default. That's the best way to describe it. Now to go upstairs, that takes work, right? To go upstairs, that's your subconscious. That's why it's kind of hard to be happy, right? And that's why you feel so drained after you've had such a good time. Now, you go back down to the living room. Now you go down to the basement. Oh, God, what's in the basement? That's the unconscious, okay? That's why whenever we sleep, we go inside of the unconscious to recuperate, right? It takes work to be in the ego. Now we'll go into the unconscious. Now there's a deep down cellar. And the, <laughs> there's the there's the basement, and then there's the the mm, I don't even know what to call the it. moist cave. The moist cave underneath the, the basement, the little crevice, uh, the, the where you keep the dead bodies. Mm-hmm. That's the super ego. Mm. And so you can kind of see going downstairs is easy. You're just you know walking down steps. So the the more down you go the easier it is to be in that state. So it's easier to be like tired than happy? Yeah. Explains a lot of laziness. Exactly. Um, and so um, this, this kind of, this is where it gets super interesting. Okay. So dreams in AP psychology, I bet you learned that um, I believe it's the REM. REM, rapid eye movement, yes. Yeah, that's when you dream. Right. right? That's um, in your circadian rhythm. There's like there's like four steps, including REM. Mm-hmm. Stage one, stage but, two, but stage three. But that's the deepest, right? Um, actually, n- no. It's, it's this, there's stage one, right, mm-hmm. which is like, falling asleep you're floating yeah there's stage two where it's like i think you're sleeping or it's it's either stage two or it's rem one of the two it's either like rem is closer to the top and then stage two and then stage three is the deepest or like it's darkness you will not dream that's when your body like recovers naturally and it only happens yeah. like very time regardless rem is yeah random rem is when you're sleeping okay so you can kind of see how this how you go into your cognitive transition into the unconscious. Okay. But dreaming is kind of weird because it's as if there's two of you. Okay. There's one in the living room, one in the basement. Not the cave, the basement. Yes. The basement. So that's your unconscious. Okay. And so when you're, when you're dreaming, it's basically like you're you're looking down the stairs, looking down at yourself in the basement, doing stuff. Normal you is looking down on the weird you that was suppressed as a kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, lordy. We're getting... So whenever you're dreaming, what's interesting about that is that when you wake up and reflect on it, the way that you should reflect on it is that it's not how you normally think. That's not your ego talking. That's your unconscious, which is an entirely different personality type. 
you've made a full cognitive transition into your unconscious at that point. When you're dreaming. When you're dreaming. And your your ego is looking at your unconscious, seeing what it's up to. So you're well, okay. So which one are you can which one are you at that point? Are you the viewer or are you the person? Are you both at the same time? You're both at the same time. That is trippy. So you're so okay. So it's kind of like third person in video games, right? Mm-hmm. You get to see yourself, but you're also controlling yourself. Yes. But it's not normal. You Okay, you get to see yourself from a normal point of view, POV. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you are actually controlling yourself, you are in the basement. You are the weird, suppressed version of yourself that you never got to be when you're yeah. dreaming. Mm-hmm. And that's 100%. Only, like... You only get that that stage when you're dreaming. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so when you make a full cognitive transition into your subconscious, that's normally when you get those kind of good hallucinations. So that's going to be like LSD, shrooms. Uh, your mind is so like... Uh, like the dopamine receptors are getting so much. Does marijuana dopamine. get you there too? Yes, marijuana okay. does, but it's only, it's not a full cognitive transition. Versus like LSD and shrooms. shrooms. <laughs> so what's interesting about that is that there's one in the living room, one in the upstairs. Oh, so you're really spacing out yeah. when you're on the drugs. Because what happens there is that you're you're looking up the stairs and seeing yourself do stuff but because you're still inside of your ego you're still awake that's why you see hallucinations because your subconscious are you seeing yourself in those hallucinations through whatever trippy side shit you're seeing is it you that's basically your subconscious communicating with you that's weird yeah so like drugs is a way to talk to ourselves yeah the different versions of ourselves mm-hmm. the Whoa. different sides of your mind that's that is actually mind-boggling yeah that lsd or like any kind of hallucinogens is a gateway to talk to yourself through your i don't even want to say your subconscious because we've talked about what the subconscious really is mm-hmm. it's a gateway to talk to yourself through like symbols shapes colors or whatever whatever you see you're talking yeah. to yourself your mind is talking to you but you're at a different stage in your mind mm-hmm and what you should do whenever you're like thinking about like being aware of everything that you're seeing is that it's not what you normally think of it's what your subconscious is thinking of you have to you have to keep yourself here yeah mentally you have to keep yourself in your head you have to keep it, yourself in the living room and make sure that you're looking up the stairs and not being up in the stairs looking down into the living room. That's where shit gets bad. That's that's where it's becomes like freaky because like your mind can just go. It can wander and it like you've heard of people who like go on a shrooms and stuff and they they have like this out of body experience where it's like they don't even know where they are. Right. That's what that is is that they have become their subconscious. So you have to keep yourself grounded in reality because if you let that upstairs man take control, the happiness, if you let happiness take control while you're on 
you know, LSD or whatever, you are gone. Like you will yeah. be like you'll 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 jump off the roof. You'll fly away. <laughs> Basically. You'll, you'll be in the state of euphoria, but it'll be very hard for you to come back. And imagine what that does to a person. Mm-hmm. How tiring that is. Yeah. To so be in a one hundred percent state of euphoria. Mm-hmm. And then, and then to come back down to your ego, that's why cocaine is so addicting. You get into your subconscious, and then you, you feel like you have to be in there again. Because it's instant gratification, right? Mm-hmm. Like imagine doing your favorite thing, right? And then like, when you're doing your favorite thing, you know, it's you have to work towards it. Like there's maybe like, even when I'm playing basketball, I don't enjoy every second of it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy like when my team wins and the, the, the five seconds of happiness afterwards where it's yeah. like, yeah, we did. It. Or I enjoy like when I make a three, I don't enjoy running up and down the court, you know, feeling the burn in my lungs. So, but with cocaine or all those hallucinogens, you are literally just in a permanent state of happiness. Mm-hmm. It's instant gratification. Instant. And cocaine, cocaine specifically is a stimulant. So that means it's most likely not going to make you uh, into a full. But it, but it amplifies it amplifies yes the little things mm-hmm. that usually wouldn't get you to that point. But now with cocaine, easily get you to that yeah. point. And it it's also why if you ever see a cocaine addict, which you know, I, hopefully you don't, not as common it, and yeah. as much as in the seventies. <laughs> but um, that's why whenever they're off cocaine, they're so they're so tired. They, they don't want to do anything, but then they get back on cocaine, and they're great. The king, kings of the world. Yeah, when, when they go back off into their ego, they're so tired. But then they put in more cocaine to make, to make them go back into their subconscious. So, I mean... But it, eventually, it, when you're there enough times, it wears off after a while. Yeah. You start to get more and more resistant because your mind is becoming more and more tired it's it, and when you're tired obviously it doesn't have the strength to go back into the subconscious as much so then you start trying to take more cocaine now uh here's an interesting one um the super ego so you can make a full cognitive transition into your super ego as With well no drugs well it's very hard, but yeah, you could do it. Okay. Um, well, obviously with no drugs, but it, you sometimes you'd have to have an, a mental illness to be inside of your super ego. Where you could find that is schizophrenia. Is that, so super ego is anger? Yes. And it can also be depression. Is it just anger and depression? Anything else? We're taking uh, anything else in that category. No. Okay. Because your super ego is basically like your last resort. And I hate to interrupt, but anger and depression, you talked about schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Is that also like just depression is a wide category, right? Is that just like stress, sadness, you know, all the little things it, that it, fall under depression? It's mostly the main feeling of depression as hopelessness. Okay. You feel like you've been defeated. Nothing has worked. That's that's the state that's, that you have. So to we're talking in. just hopelessness, hopelessness, and pure rage, anger. Yeah, oh, that's super ego. That's the super ego, 
And that's also the easiest to be inside of. That's why it's... That's the easiest one? Yes. Out of all the other options? Mm-hmm. Tiredness and happiness and regular living? Anger yep. is the easiest? Anger is the easiest. Oh, no fucking wonder everyone's crabby all the time. Ego is the default, but super ego is the easiest to be in. So super ego is the cave. Yes, super the ego moist, is the cave. nasty ass so cave. when you have schizophrenia, um, for instance, uh, paranoid, uh, paranoia, uh, you can experience that with schizophrenia. Um, so you make a full cognitive transition into your super ego. What that looks like is you start to have bad hallucinations. So people react differently with drugs. Um, so sometimes with like LSD or any other hallucinogen, you can go inside of your subconscious. That Those are good trips. That's what those are called. Uh, but then if you take like acid, sometimes you can have bad trips where it becomes traumatic that's when you instead go inside of your super ego um even even not just hard drugs but like marijuana if you ruin someone's high on marijuana mm -hmm. they can be bad it can be really 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 bad yeah i was talking to a friend right he got high as a kite yeah and i didn't want to i wasn't trying to i was messing around with him because we were over we were, we were texting and he's like, dude, I'm high as a kite right now. I'm like, okay, great. I was messing with him. I was bringing up like his, yeah, this can make me sound like a real asshole. I was bringing up like his ex-lovers and all that. Oh, God. Yeah, and he was he was starting to be like, all right, all right, quit it, quit it for real, though. And I'm like, do you care about anyone? Because I care about you. And as soon as I said that, he left me on open for a day. And then he texts me back, and he's like, you ruined my high. I was in my bathroom throwing up for two hours straight. Like, you destroyed my night. I couldn't sleep. I was paranoid. I was messed up. I don't even know what that was. I don't know how you did that. All I... The other stuff, the ex-girlfriends, mm. didn't bother him. Yeah. Do you care about anyone? Because I care about you. D just sent him yeah. to another place. And that's the super ego. That's... He went down to the cave. That's where that other place is. And so now you can kind of imagine how jarring it would be to be inside of your subconscious and then all of a sudden you drop all the way down to the cave. You go from the upstairs directly to the cave. You can do that. Well, that's what you did. That's Oh, I did. High. Oh, okay. So when he was on, that's what I did to him. Yeah. So that's... That's why he threw up. Well, he That's didn't. Why... He didn't go down. He fell. He stumbled down the stairs. Yeah, pretty much. He like fell down the stairs. That's what that was. He went from happiness to being normal to being what he doesn't. What he was suppressed. Just skip all that. You go directly. You go. You go right down. It basically like transporting you. That's how jarring it is. Wow. You don't even make the full cognitive transitions and. It's not even like shifting into gears. You you go like one place to another. Yeah, transfer yeah. instant. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're, especially because you're up there. Now, does that happen with your ego? Yes, you can go from your ego directly straight into. But your it's super the most ego. jarring when you're upstairs all the way down. Yeah. So mostly when you're on drugs, yeah. when you're one hundred percent there, mm -hmm. and then you go all the way down, it's bad. 
So imagine like this is obviously an extreme example, but it's supposed to be because, you know, to, to be happy and then to be inside of your super ego, you have to do something very jarring to be able to do that. Um, but imagine like having your, your son being born and then through that birth, your wife dies. That's not an extreme example at all. I feel like that's fairly common. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like you're holding your son in your arms. You're so happy. And then you see your wife die right in front of your eyes. Then you're going to be dropped inside of your super ego. Even though the son being born, mm -hmm. they, they don't balance each other out. It's the sadness wins. Yeah. Matt, well, I should... that's because it's the easiest to be in. Oh, yikes. And that's why normally whenever um, YouTubers talk about um, the comment section in, in their videos, they always say that the negative ones get to them, you know. That makes sense. I've seen hundreds, hundreds of content creators, not just YouTubers, just all content mm -hmm. creators be like, yeah, I don't know what it is. So it would just be like 100 positive comments. But for every 100 positive comments, there will always just be one comment that will just ruin my day exactly completely. and that's why because it's easier it we're more sensitive to negative and we're built that way you know that was evolutionary we we didn't really care about the the happiness perspective the subconscious is only there to be able to be a morale boost be a this is good, this is good, this is good. Monkeys in the jungle, and we find just one apple. And yeah. we're, like, going crazy over the one apple. Yeah. Because we haven't had food in weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, more of this, do more of that. That felt good. That's what the subconscious is for. That's why we don't have other sides of our mind that uh, to be happy in. It's just the subconscious. Um, And then your unconscious, that's your responsibility, and your super ego, your last resort. Those are both survival. And then your ego um, thought, you know, just what you're in most of the time. It makes sense from a survival standpoint and tactic that you would want to be mm -hmm. like defensive and be prepared for that state of depression and anger. Because as a wild animal, that's what you'll probably be in most of the time. You'll be in a state of, oh, you just lost one of your, you know, your pack mates into a fucking tiger. Or like, mm -hmm. so you're sad. Or like, you have to fight the other dominating male to not be kicked out of the clan. You have to get angry fast. It yeah. has to happen. Mm -hmm. You can't be happy all the time. Nature doesn't work like that. It's, it's just a sad reality. Yeah. So our minds are literally built for this news flash life is sad deal with it <laughs> like seriously i some people have serious issues that they deal with and it's out of their control but yeah. other people that sit there and they dwell and they they feel bad for themselves when mm -hmm. it's something that no one else can do for you you just gotta pick your sorry ass up and get a move on with your life that's actually uh this is something that i didn't learn on the internet this is just a thought experiment that i did okay just thinking about this stuff and connecting the pieces okay so let's talk about crying why we cry okay i've so, i'm thinking about why i cried in all of my life and some of them are really bad reasons mm -hmm. 
Okay, so whenever you cry, the reaction of crying, it releases chemicals to make you feel good. Okay, so essentially, uh, it it's to help comfort you. And the thing comforting you is your subconscious. Okay, and so it feels really good for someone to feel bad for us, for someone to be there and be like, oh, it's going to be okay, right? But if nobody is there, you have to do it yourself. So your subconscious comes in and kind of comforts your ego. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Comes, and, it, and it does that by crying. So it comes up from the basement or down from the upstairs to comfort you? Fr- down from the upstairs. Down from the... So, okay, so the happy. Okay, so the, like pure joy comes downstairs and be like, hey, I'm still here. Yeah. You got this. You're mm-hmm. all right. And it goes and back upstairs and you get nothing. And that's why whenever you cry, you also feel exhausted because your, sub- your subconscious is, can like come down. That links back. That checks out. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting because like it kind of prevents you from going inside of your superego. So your mind, it, you can kind of see how your mind always wants you to be inside of your ego. It doesn't really want you to be inside of your super ego. It's the last resort. It's really only for emergencies. So your subconscious is also there as kind of like this, this mediator, this thing that watches over you. You know, it's not only just for your happiness. It, it's like a, it's like a, benevolent god in your own mind that yeah. like watches as you struggle through life and gives you just the occasional glimpse of hope mm-hmm. but if you try and cheat that through drugs of course you know life punishes you yeah through whatever means the drug side effects are you can't get it it's not there's no way of cheating it without hurting yourself it's there you're not going to get it all the time you're not going to be happy all the time mm-hmm. you are gonna have points in your life where you're gonna be sad and that's human it's human to be sad sometimes people you need to sit up and realize this in your lives when you get up in the morning and you don't want to get up and go work out like nobody wants to get up and go work out not a single human on this earth but if working out gives you just the slightest bit of joy you need to seize that because i guarantee you i love working out right Mm -hmm. but getting up and going to the gym like getting up and you know sacrificing my sleep yeah. hurts me more than the happiness i get out of working out but guess what i still fucking get up <laughs> at five days a week go work out early in the morning yeah because it it i get happiness i get something out of it and people you got to realize that when you live life you got to fight for the little things that make you happy even if the rest of the time you're doing those little things that little bit of happiness is swallowed up by just depression and anger and sadness because it happens. Mm-hmm. That's what I get out of it. That's what I've gotten out of this deep talk with this podcast is people are sad and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. So how you deal with that really describes your personality as a human being. Yeah. Our, our minds weren't even built to be happy. It was only meant to really sort of comfort us and make us, you know, not go inside of our super ego. Okay. Have you seen this one episode of, oh, what's that show called? Oh, no. I had it and I lost it. 
The Good Place. The Good Place, right? Mm-hmm. There's an episode in The Good Place where the whole concept is heaven and hell. Yeah. People go to hell. Like a majority of people were going to hell and they didn't even realize it because of the little things they did. Like when they bought flowers for somebody, right? They got like credit points for being good. Yeah. But then like buying flowers imported from Brazil is like child labor and then getting it, you know, shipped up here was like the gas ruining the ecosystem. So they didn't even know it, but they went to hell. But the certain people that did go to heaven mm-hmm. got everything they wished for. Yeah. Like... I, it's gonna sound childish, but like instant orgasms. They got instant orgasms. They wanted ice cream. They got ice cream when they were feeling. They never felt anything, yeah. right? And they literally those people, which I think the show describes perfectly, what would happen if we were just given constant happiness in life. Mm-hmm. They went brain dead. They were zombies. Mm. They walked around in heaven with everything they got and anything they wanted, never feeling any sadness, pain, misery, nothing. And they were literally mindless zombies. Mm-hmm. They they couldn't. There was that's not how you, that's not a way to live. You're not living if there's not pain and sadness and suffering. Because it's essentially like you're going inside of the upstairs, and then you don't bother to go back down into one your default who you normally are. Two, um, your your responsibility. You know that's the main thing of the unconscious is that. It's it's supposed to be what what you need and what you what you truly want and desire. So it's it goes to show that life isn't just happiness and we aren't even built for happiness. Wow. That's a lot to take in. It is. <sighs> makes sense it doesn't it's not gonna change who i am to find out that life is sadness mm-hmm. some people hearing that would be like then what's the point of living and then you know die or kill themselves but if you look at it like that then you were never living in the first place to an extent which sounds horrible now that i say it out loud but if if you think you know hearing this should change how you act on a day-to-day basis it shouldn't mm-hmm Unless, you know, you're living your life like, oh, why can't I have happiness? Like, you have to go find it. It's not going to come to you. It's never come to you. Unless you want to go take some LSD, go take some marijuana, go do some marijuana, you know, Mm -hmm. go ruin your life through drugs. Sure. Then you can have as much happiness as you want because you cheated the system and now you're broke. Now you're on the streets and now you have, I don't know, fucking AIDS and you die. Congrats. You did it. You got your happiness. Really. But you have to be able to. Realize, you, you, you're sitting there, right? And you're in bed. And you're like, oh, and there's nothing but ha- sadness and destruction around me. And like, get up and find it. <laughs> you have to climb those stairs to happiness. Mm-hmm. You have to be the one who says, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, all the way up those damn stairs until you are there. And you might only get halfway. You might get one-fourth. You might get one step before you plummet back down to whatever sad, lonely depression hole cave you live in. Mm-hmm. But that's part of life is getting up there. Even if you get, like, let's say the, the stairs, there's a light, like a beautiful, shining light, and the rest of the house is just darkness. Mm-hmm. Even if you get a sliver of that light, you are living. Mm-hmm. Even the thought of looking at the light, to me, is living. That's living. Why? Like, think about it. Why do you do the things you do, Eddie? You know? 
why do you get up in the morning and this is gonna be another topic but you run shirtless in the cold yes in the negative temperatures Mm -hmm. you will see eddie around town you will see him running in shorts (laughs) shoes but no shirt (laughs) yes why do why do you do that because it only brings you do you feel happy when you do it (laughs) no (laughs) you don't feel happiness do you some people uh think that i'm a masochist not only do i not enjoy it but it brings me great deals of pain and I do not like pain either. But yeah, the way you described it to me was, it feels like a million sharp needles digging into it, my body. It and does. I'm like, what? Why then? That's what but it always after feels this like. podcast, I know why now. Mm-hmm. It, it makes sense to me. Truly, it does. And so there are, each sides of your mind have four cognitive functions inside of them. So, and it, it, varies on which um on which personality type that is so for you um let's just go for egos right now for you ENTJ your first cognitive function and your main cognitive function is extroverted thinking okay now because you're an extrovert your main function is going to be extroverted and uh, yours, you prefer thinking. That's why you're an ENTJ. Um, and so what you mainly do is uh, extroverted thinkers, they go based off of one other people's thoughts. Um, they they kind of always want to know what's out there. And then also it, it's kind of like organization and effectiveness efficiency taking other people's stuff and turning it into something that they can they can make and and shift around so like and and be most efficient with so that's what you would say you are isn't it yeah i do that more times than i could possibly imagine i'll be like that's a good system you have but what if you did this? And I'll just do it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, sometimes I come off as an asshole because I'll finish people's sentences trying to know what they're thinking. And like, Th- that's uh, a stereotype about your personality type, actually, is that uh, you guys make assumptions a lot. Always. I will finish your sentences so many times in the day because you take so long to formulate them. I can predict the future. I feel like a magician sometimes. Yes, you you do that all the time, and I do require time to think. I'm not exactly the the fastest thinker in the world. You're not. No. Oh. Saddening, I know. Mostly because, like, my mind is kind of like this library where there's a lot of books, and each of the, those books is information. Well, because your memory's good. Yeah. So you I have have, a lot of I'm storage. High, I'm high in SI, <laughs> introverted sensing. Oh my god. But you're such a you're such an extrovert, Tracy. Stop, stop it! Oh my God, you're being so ridiculous. Oh my I know, God. I know. But you have such a wide ex- like. If you're let's think of our minds as libraries, like mm-hmm. infinite libraries. You have such a wide expansion of books. You have to get the ladder, you know, roll it over, go up on the ladder, grab the book, and then read it. Where I am a single shelf bookcase. <laughs> you you're a library. I'm a bookcase. 
Okay. I would consider you like the librarian. Okay. And your mind as the library. And basically what you do is you have a singular book. And what what it really does is kind of like you're writing stuff down into it always because you're always in the present. That's what you're good at. You're good at being in the present, in the moment. I'm good at being in the past. So you can look through the library and find a book like oh, Eddie's first day at school and remember that. Mm-hmm. But as of me, I write that in the book, I'm writing it as it happens. Like this yes. conversation, I'm writing it down. But once I turn the page a few days from now, it's really hard to go back and look at that page because mm-hmm. I'm it's trying. It's a little smudged. Right. You know. It's a little because I didn't let the ink dry. I didn't let the whatever. Yeah, you're just writing it all down I'm, super fast. Yeah, I'm writing it down fast. But not only that, it's the act of going back and looking at something while actively writing down what's exactly. happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like if you were trying to write notes and like read a lecture out of like your teacher's book. Like let's say they had an assignment for you mm-hmm. and you're taking notes on what you're reading at the same time. It's really hard. Like yeah. you have to take breaks. My mind tries to do it at the same time. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I always try and do it at the same time and it never works out. Never. No test ever has worked out well for me. Yeah. That's why... Like, I hate it whenever um, teachers want me to go and uh, write notes. I, I'm a horrible note taker. I hate taking notes. You, it's really advantageous for you to take notes because it's very hard for you to remember stuff. We're the exact opposite. You're my shadow. I'm your shadow. Well, I know. Well, wait, wait. So back to the house one more time. Okay. You talked about the shadow, which is the basement, mm-hmm. right? Is your shadow my personality type? Yes. And your shadow is my personality type. That's why we're the highest in compatibility with each other. Because remember, your shadow is also your ideal person to be. I want to be you. And I want to be you. Whoa. Yeah. Can I have some tang for that? Can you just give yes. me just the tip of tang of your just, fingers? Just the tips. Oh, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's wild. Yeah. That's a word. What's another word to describe something like just mind-blowing? Cray-cray. That's, that's cray-cray, Tracy. That's <laughs> I know insane. Beatrice. But that's truly... I, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. You must have known that. Yeah. So. Do you do you put these things together in your head and just formulate them but can't how frustrating is that to be able to have all that knowledge in your head and not physically explain it be able to explain it well you can explain it but just not efficiently yeah so what what normally has to happen is somebody asks me a question and then I'm able to create bridges so I have all these sorts of pieces of information you can kind of think of it as like uh pieces of paper for the in the library we're going with our analogy here and what i do is i find these pieces of paper on the ground okay this is just me figuring out stuff like watching videos or whatever and then i just tape it together inside of make a book and make a book out of it and then i put it up on my shelf but going back and looking at that 
book, you remember what you put in there, right? Mm-hmm. You remember all the little pages. Yeah. But going back and finding the individual page because you didn't number them is hard for you. Yeah. And then uh, because INTPs are a master over intuition and thinking, what I'm able to do is I'm able to put blank pieces of paper in there and then kind of write pages that make sense to combine uh be able to combine pages and make transitions into something that makes sense so i don't want to say one big book but like no oh wait, wait what's a good word um like different volumes of book so you have book one which is basic life and then you mm-hmm. can connect that by labeling it i don't know basic life with this or like you have different names for the books, but they all, you can see the pattern of them linking together to make this long series of books that yes. are all interconnected. But you have to go back and look at each individual book. Mm. So it takes you a while to find the book. Yeah, and it also takes me a while to write stuff. You're really good at writing stuff, but just not good at storing it. I'm, I'm good at storing it. I'm just not good at writing it. From a library reference, that makes sense though, because mm. I can't remember, because I'm writing fast if I'm writing fast, I'm less likely to incline. You put more thought, care, actions, time, you're more likely to remember that. And do you see how we're kind of like uh, emphasizing each other's importances? It's because, sorry. I keep you, he on. keeps hitting, he's he's a finger talker. So he like, you know, like an Italian, he speaks out with his hands. He keeps hitting the mic. Yes. Continue. I'm so sorry Continue. About that. We keep on emphasizing what each other are good at. That's because we admire it, because it's what we would want to be. That's why we're compatible as friends. All going back to the same thing. All making sense. But wouldn't you hate not remembering things like I do? How many times do I ask you for like the little things? Just little things that like seem so common. What did I ask you for the other day? You asked for a password just the other day. Um, oh, that was actually today uh, that you made. You made that password. I made that password, and I asked for it for our joint um, stock because uh, I hope the IRS doesn't come after us, but he is not 18. I am 18, mm-hmm. so I can own stocks, and I will not say anything, but let's just say if some of, of Eddie's money just occasionally fell into my account and I invested for him, uh, we might have a joint account, but the IRS didn't hear that, so we're good. Yeah, of course. Um, regardless, you, you know, I made the password, but I still had to ask you. Yes. Or like the other day, I was gone for a week in New York. Beautiful trip. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Another podcast, another day. Um, but I came back and I was missing a bunch of schoolwork. In one of our classes, I asked you, I'm like, what did we miss? Even though it was clearly in the whatever the website for our school it was there yeah very obviously there what i had to do and what was given to us as homework but instead of just looking spending a little bit of time and going inside my own mind i had to ask you i had i felt obligated yeah but i didn't need to Mm -hmm. and you actually said to me you said i purposely because i told no no okay this is what happened i asked you to ask the teacher what the assignment was Mm -hmm. And you purposely did not ask him what the assignment was because you wanted me to think on my own. Yes. And I, that was very crucial and eye-opening for me at that point. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, if I just spend like 
instead of getting frustrated, relaxing, actually using what I have and looking back at those smudged, dirty pages and just looking, I can find what I want. Yes. And for your personality type, it's actually uh, the one you have least awareness as far as cognitive functions go is um, memory. So it's, it's very hard for you to go back into the past. That's because you just don't give two shits about it. Yeah, I really don't. Um, yeah. Teachers will ask me like, Jake, what is what did you get for this? Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I don't remember. Or yeah. like, do you remember? Jake, can you give us a brief overview of what we learned last class? And I'll be like, dude, I, I really don't know. He's like, oh, so you weren't paying attention? I'm like, no, I really just don't fucking care. I, yeah. I don't care about, you know, stoichiometry. <laughs> Shout out chemistry class. Stoichiometry. Stoichiometry. Ah, crazy. But like, no, I don't. I can't tell you because I was there. I was present at the moment. Yes. Like, I was so present. In fact, I remember like something that wasn't even about the lesson. I remember how your dog was doing mm-hmm. at the moment. Like he told a story about his dog, and I remember that story. I don't remember what we learned. Yeah. That's how present I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I thought is a fun little feature of mine. I'll remember your great aunt's name or not. I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? Life is yeah. meaningless. And so, uh, like with mine, uh, it's, it's very hard for me. My lowest awareness function is extroverted sensing meaning that um, it's very hard for me to be present in the moment. I have to, like whenever I wash dishes at the place that I work at, um, it's it's like what I have to do is I have to be like flip over, scrub, wash, <laughs> spray. Like I a to, fucking robot. I have to think about these things in my mind and it genuinely makes me faster at washing dishes. And if I don't do that, I cannot be fast. It it like I'm my mind will be off wandering thinking about things rather than paying attention and being in the moment. And so that's where I admire you. I admire the fact that you're able to to be in the moment present. That's why you're good at sports and why I am not. I'm horrible at sports. What? You have good reaction time. Oh, yeah, the best out of In everybody. basketball scrimmages, you've been hitting the head with a ball more times than I could count. I know. I actually broke my glasses one time from being just pelted right in the face with a basketball. <laughs> it was the worst I thing. I felt so bad. You were so enthusiastic about basketball trials. And yeah. You just came and you were playing. You wanted to be good you were trying so hard on defense mm-hmm. and then just every time you do be like all right all right i'm on the court and bang you'd be hitting the face with the basketball i'm like eddie what are you doing out there yeah but speaking of memory one thing that i always admire about you and this is where it really gets heart to heart all right ready to have a heart to heart moment okay i feel because here's here's my devil's advocate okay okay i like giving people good experience good times i like people mm-hmm. who think highly of me right that's yes. my personality the sucky thing is with a bad memory you struggle so much with that mm-hmm. my i could not tell you i i feel really bad i could not tell you off the top of my head what mine and my girlfriend's anniversary date is 
Mm-hmm. That's hard for me because I care. I, I really care. I really want to know, yeah. but I just can't. But when that anniversary day comes up, I give her the night of her life. Mm-hmm. We go out. We have so much fun. We have the best time ever. And we remember that day forever. I remember that day forever. But yeah. I cannot tell you what day that is. I really can't without looking. And like you don't you don't know off the top of your head what my birthday is, right? No, I don't. Yeah, I like really don't. And I feel is, bad about that. Yours is July 5th. Like it will come up one yeah. day and I'll be like, shit, it's Eddie's birthday. Mm-hmm. And like I'll feel so bad. But you, it's not. I, I don't want to say it's my fault because I could probably take steps. I could take mm-hmm. onus on myself. But like, again, in my personality, I don't want to do that. Like I, I don't. I, not that I don't care. I really care. I just can't be there. Mm-hmm. I can't be. I can't think like that. I can't yeah. think that far into the future. I have to worry about day by day what I'm going to do. If it is your birthday, I will make sure you will know it's your birthday. And I will, from that day onward, I will be present for your birthday. Mm-hmm. But like a week from then, I will have no clue. Yeah. If my girlfriend didn't remind me, I feel like I would miss out on so many special events in her life. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's my brother's birthday. I'm like, oh, today's her brother's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, what? It's crazy. It's like mind blowing to me. And then I come over. I give them a good time. I celebrate. We all go out and we have fun. And I make sure everyone has fun. Mm-hmm. Right. But like yeah. sitting there and not remembering, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's because they, they think you don't care. Yeah. That's what people think. Like, oh, you don't remember it's your father's birthday? And I'm like, no. Well, my father's birthday is an easy one because it's like seven days past mine. But like my mom's birthday, I feel bad. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. It's in my calendar, in my phone, right? Because yeah. I'll, I'll, occasionally it'll come up and it'll pop up like a week before you. I'm like, oh, I gave my mom a gift. And I'll be like, yeah, um, that's a good day. Or my, my mom will always have to remind me when my sister's birthday is. And I admire my sister so much. She is so cool in my eyes. Mm-hmm. But I, I will never tell you what her birthday is. Yeah. Never. I'll never be able to do that. And I really do care. I just can't. Yeah. And I feel so bad. I feel horrible every time. Yeah. This kind of stuff, the, the personality types, if you get really into it, learn the cognitive functions and everything, it can actually be really awful. Because I've, if I've gotten mad at somebody, I, I've only gotten mad at one person after I've learned all this psychology stuff, and I've thought about using it as a weapon. Like, for example, I could, I'll give you an example of how I could use it on you, okay? So, your your child function is SE, meaning you want to give people a good experience. Your inferior function is fi meaning you worry about how you feel so i can attack those both at the same time you could really destroy me where it matters most yeah you could say anything else but if you you know what my personality type is you know what would really punch me in the gut Mm -hmm. exactly and especially if i come from a position of like power or you like respect me in your eyes it really hurts because then you see a, a source of validity from it. Like you, you think it's valid, that it's true. And these are things that you worry about all the time anyway. So then it, it starts to get inside of your head that you're like, maybe it is true. Maybe I've been worrying about it and it, it's really true. I, like I knew it. I knew it this whole time. You I, could psychologically destroy somebody. Yeah. And I, I've thought about it and luckily 
I have not done it. And I, I was like, oh, I'm in my super ego right now. I need to get back. <laughs> That's basically what I did. But Good. Okay. Let's say I get really mad. Mm-hmm. I fall down. Deep fall off into the basement, into the cave. I'm in the cave. Yeah. What is my anger like? How do I, as as a INTP? No, not sorry. ENTJ. ENTJ as an Already ENTJ. Already forgetting stuff. Yeah. How do I lash out? Okay. When so, I'm mad, angry. So you're depressed. De- your demon function, which is the gateway into the super ego, um, that is yours is FE, meaning that uh, extroverted feeling. You attack people's insecurities. That's horrible. Yes. We've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. You use people's feelings to your advantage. And, and also it's, it's basically like, especially if someone makes you feel bad and you don't like that, then what you'll do is, oh, if you don't care about how I feel, I don't care about how you feel. And then you attack them. I go after their insecurities because yes. I'm so good at predicting, uh, not to toot my own horn, but I'm good at predicting like people's, like I'm good at reading people and their emotions. Extroverted thinking. That's what you always do. You always think through other people. So I put myself in the shoes of those people and I really know. Slam on them. I know what gets them going. Exactly. And I enjoy it. You do. Oh, Especially since the super ego is the easiest to be in. You gain energy from being in the super ego. I gain energy from sitting in people's shoes and tearing them apart from the inside. Yes. Their worst fears, their worst nightmares. I am the boogeyman. I am the knight. But then sometimes what can happen is that you'll go back inside of your ego and then you'll be like, I'm a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm funny that you just related that because you tell me that all the time mm-hmm. that you that I feel like a bad person when I shouldn't sometimes mm-hmm. and I see that now how I could do that because I do catch myself at people who get me mad I will point out their insecurities yeah and then I go back and I'm like I'm a horrible fucking person mm-hmm. to myself and then you catch wind of that and you say it's not you, it's your personality, which, okay, that's a loaded thing to say because, like, that's saying, like, people, like, don't be like, oh, I'm a cancer, so, like, <laughs> I'm wild or, like, <laughs> I'm crabby. Yeah. Oh, God, it's the lunar month, fifth day of the third whatever, and, oh, God, I'm just not feeling energized to go out. Don't use what you think you are or your personality to be a better or worse person. Just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Or if you see a problem with that, you can you change yourself? This, yes. I'm gonna this, okay because we're gonna start to wrap this uh, podcast up, right? Mm-hmm. Last question in the loaded house of dark horrors: Can you change? Because we started with the analogy, the foundation. Mm-hmm. Can you change the foundation of who you are? No, it's set in concrete. It's okay. Set by the time that you're about three, two or three. That's when you are fully set inside of your uh, uh, personality type. But none of none of the personality types necessarily are bad. It's just who you are. Yeah, it's just, it's how you're structured. As a human, it's how you operate. Yes, so what you can do to become a better person 
is each of these cognitive functions, when you get to learn them, you can develop them, right? That's mostly what each person varies on. You can be the same personality type and be extremely different. And the reason why is because it comes down to two things. The subjective things, like what you like, like music and uh, humor, stuff like that. And secondly, it can be the development of each function. So for you, you can have a very developed extroverted thinking, meaning that you can read people a lot better than I can. And uh, I can I can know what I think a lot better than you can. Each of those, the reason why they vary is based on the level of development each cognitive function you have is. Everybody has all the same cognitive functions. It's just the different placement of where they are. So you can restructure. So the foundation is set. You yes. can't change that. You can't. But, but that doesn't that foundation doesn't make you a bad person. How you act makes you a bad person. Yes. How you arrange yourself, how you put yourself together, how you talk to others is what truly makes you a bad person. Yeah. And, and so here I can give you an example. I know uh, a girl who's an ENTJ. I talk to her all the time. What she has done is the same thing that you do, make uh, make assumptions. And then she does this though sometimes Instead of just doing it with her extroverted thinking, she does it with her extroverted thinking and introverted think, uh, introverted feeling, which is what she worries about. So what she does is like, oh, sorry, am I annoying you by asking all these questions? Oh. And, and I'm like, no, I've already told you this many times. I like I like when people ask me questions. I get to say what I think. I love thinking. I get to say it, right? And so she she worries, even though I've told her many times that uh, she's not annoying, I don't mind being asked questions. That's hard to hear as an ENTJ. Mm-hmm. I, I, putting myself in her shoes, right? That would be like me... Because I don't care what other people's opinions are. Yeah. But she's putting, she feels, okay, as an ENTJ, she's feeling obligated to talk to you, right? She's going out of her way to talk to you. And Mm -hmm. she's putting in the, she's, you know, reading you. She's trying to, as an ENTJ, I know what she's doing. She's reading you. Yeah. And she is getting this self-doubt in her own mind that even though she's reading that you are engaged in this conversation Mm -hmm. in her own mind, she's processing like it's interfering with the wavelengths and like she's processing that you're annoyed by this conversation. Yeah. She's not getting the right reading. And for me, when I'm talking to people, reading is everything. So I, Mm -hmm. if I, if the mood is serious, I keep a serious conversation. Mood is light. I'll keep it funny. I'll keep it joking. It, It changes depending on what the conversation is. But if, I have other wavelengths interfering, like self-doubt, mm-hmm. which I don't allow in my head. But clearly in hers, she is struggling with self-doubt. Yeah. She's not confident in herself. So you're trying to read somebody, but your brain is telling you you're a fucking loser and no one wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So like, that's horrible. And so that's the different developments. So you can kind of think of the foundation as like in that uh, area inside of the living room, 
the foundation is weak there. So so you, you can so you rearrange like the living room. Yes, and and you can also strengthen the foundation. That's the main thing, is that the foundation is set there. The shape of the foundation will always be there, but you can strengthen each part of the foundation. So for her, her FI, what she worries about, that is lowly developed. So she worries almost all the time about being a bad person. You, you don't. You have high development. So you could like put a, metaphorically speaking, you could put like maybe a rug over the foundation to hide it. Or like you could, I don't want to say, not hide it, but like. Patch it, it up with more concrete. More concrete. Or, pour yeah. some more concrete. Make it more level. Make it more mm-hmm. even in yourself. Make it stronger. Mm-hmm. Maybe reinforce it. Like there's little things you can do in your life to change who you are. Don't let your personality set in stone. Don't let the concrete dry. The concrete can always be, you know, you can always pour a little water on a concrete. This doesn't make sense. But you can always change it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit to make yourself. And that little bit can be the difference between you being the, like the nicest person in the school or your social function or your workplace and being just the biggest cockwad. <laughs> no one likes you. Yeah. And it's such a finite difference, which I find super interesting. Well, on that note, Eddie, we are now walking out of the twisted hell house that we've just entered. Mm-hmm. We have seen the, the upper level. We've seen the living room. We've seen the basement. And we don't want to go farther than the basement because that's the cave and no one likes the cave. Yes. But it's the easiest to get into. We're walking out. And I think... We'll maybe visit this topic again another time. We got to yeah. give it a break, though, yeah, because definitely. that was a lot. Mm-hmm. And I love personalities. I love because it wasn't just personalities today. It was personalities. It was kind of a little bit of social mm-hmm. but, little, and, and lots of development. Development. Definitely. I feel more cognitively aware right now mm-hmm. of what's happening and how I feel at the end versus at the start. And I hope a lot of people feel that way when listening. Yeah. But otherwise, this has been the Jake and Eddie podcast. This is the true first episode, right? Mm-hmm. Of writing the narrative. Writing the narrative. Episode one. We're going to sign out. This was a heavy topic. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.